Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today we're going to talk with people from this very radio station, WFIU, about HD radio technology. Joining us in the studio are three radio professionals as opposed to, to the <laughs> so two of us. We have actual trained professionals That's in the right. studio. We have today. WFIU station manager Christina Kuzmich. Chief Engineer John Shelton and Operations Director Carrie Boyce. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. It's an honor to have all three of you on this side of the uh, window. John Shelton, I always see him through the window as Mm -hmm. an engineer, and Christina and Carrie are always around. So thanks for coming on the air. I think it's a good topic. Thanks for inviting us. Sure. <laughs> We're actually on time. That's right. Well, let's, let's start by talking about, uh, about HD radio. And, and one thing I want to get out of the way first, I always thought it was high-definition radio in, for some reason. But, John, what's HD stand for? Well, it's really just a trademark. It uh, doesn't stand for uh, anything. necessarily anything, really. <laughs> it's just a, a trademark. I think they kind of picked up on the idea that everybody was hearing about HD television or whatever, and that uh, that would be a, a nice catch, catchphrase to uh, get everybody's attention. Uh, but it doesn't really stand for anything. <laughs> it does sound inviting, though. It sounds mm-hmm. like a new generation of radio. So, Christina, can you sort of give us the, the thumbnail of what is HD radio? What's this new technology? It's a technology that basically takes the radio that you now have and makes it into two radios. So whereas you had only WFIU with the programming that we have now, you have this other station that you can listen to uh, if you don't like the programming that you're hearing on the current station. Um, and uh, it's, to a large extent, the answer to many problems that we had with our listening audience. We had so many listeners who loved news and wanted news all day, and the others who wanted classical music all day. We were never able to justify our programming for both of these groups. So uh, HD Radio makes it possible for you to choose. If you want to listen to talk programming, it's available any time of the day, and likewise with classical music. Um, It does have its limitations, and I'm sure we'll get into those as the program progresses, but uh, uh, on the whole, it's been a very good solution to a listener uh, issue that we've had over the years. So this is comparable then to the situation with WTIU that is already, I I know on cable, I can watch more than one WTIU uh, station at a time. So this is basically just that for radio. Is that right? To a large extent, yes. Uh, The issue with uh, HD radio for us, for example, is that it's only available in the 103.7 signal area. So it's not available in our uh, translator communities. People can also access it online. So if you're a computer listener, then you can also get uh, HD2. So there are some limitations, in Mm -hmm. fact, more limitations than you would have with with the television uh, channel configuration. And I think I think the number one question is, do I need something other than my regular radio to get both of these channels? So, Carrie? Well, the short answer is yes. And when, when Christina mentioned the radio that you have, that's uh, if the radio that you have has the HD symbol on it. So most HD radios, I think all of them, actually default to an analog signal. In other words, your regular radio. But if you want to listen to the second signal – our second signal, then you have to have an HD radio. Okay. All right. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But we have a phone caller already, and he's uh, on kind of a short time schedule. Let's, so let's go to the phone. Steve is, is first up. Steve? Yeah, thank you. Um, I was thrilled when I heard that FIU was going to have the two stations, and uh, when my computer will actually allow it to stream, I've listened to it a couple of times and really like the option. But uh, when I first heard about it, I went online, and one of the first websites I went to w- was somebody who – was part of a group that argues that this will have the effect in the long run of pushing out small independent stations like I'm guessing WFHB, but this was something out of another state that was talking about this. And I'm wondering if you could speak to that. Will this unintentionally have the effect of pushing out smaller stations that can't afford this? Thank you. All right. Christina, you want to take that? You know, that's a very good question. Um, Data shows us that with public radio, the more stations you have in the market, the larger your public radio audience uh, becomes. So I don't think that it will necessarily drive traffic 
out from stations that are currently existing or are planning to, uh, to start operations. I think what it will do in the long run is create a larger pool of public radio listeners. Um, and as far as competition is concerned, it's not only the small stations that are having to deal with competition. Everyone's having to deal with competition because, as you well know, in the print industry, you now no longer have just print. You have online. You have video. There are so many places where people can go to get their information that, it, that competition almost to a large extent becomes moot. Mm-hmm. You're always in competition. Mm-hmm. And, and I think to, to go to that uh, listener's question, I mean, th- there's a sort of a macro issue, but then there's the specific here. He's talking about WFHB. But do you see WFHB as a competitor locally? You do. You sort of serve different audiences, don't you? We serve different audiences, and we look at WFHB as a partner. Uh, we present one type of programming, one type of format. They present another type of format. They're addressing needs in the community that we would never be able to address in a 24-hour schedule, even in a 48-hour schedule. So we look at them more as a partner. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's really true that the more radio or the more public radio stations you have in the community, the more people start listening because they hear about one radio station. They hear about another one. Before you know it, they're trying out both both radio stations and both benefit. Mm-hmm. All right. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We have several emails that have come in in anticipation of this program. So let's get started with those. This one begins, I love listening to WFIU, but with all the changes happening, I can only receive excuse me, reliable signals through my computer at work. The old radio signal was questionable at best, but now the signal is so bad I can't receive it at all uh, at home or in the car. I live in the North Vernon Jennings County area and drive I-65 to work in Edinburgh, Indiana. I read, I think, on WFIU website that buying an HD receiver will work only if you have good signal to begin with. I'm stuck having to download, am I stuck uh, having to download content on my iPod? What is up with the valley of death when I get within a mile or so (laughs) of the Indiana 46 and I-65 interchange at Columbus? No radio or cell phone signal. John, John, go ahead. Sounds like a technical thing. Um, well, it sounds like you're right on the very edge of our uh, reception area in the first place. That's about as far as we get, and headed up 65 that direction, uh, it doesn't get you really much closer to our transmitter here in, in Bloomington. There's a lot of things that uh, affect the reception of radio, a lot of us as terrain and uh, uh, the atmosphere itself. So if you get into dead valleys or pockets or areas where there's possibly other interference that might uh, interfere with what, what you're trying to pick up, then all those will... Uh, impact your reception area. And it is true that we do uh, the HD digital signal doesn't reach quite as far as the analog. So if you're not getting a good analog signal now, in, then you're not going to be able to get the, the digital signal either. But there's uh, a lot of areas uh, that are affected by the the uh, limestone and the, and the, the ground and, uh, and the atmospheres too. I know this, especially in August, we have a lot of uh, temperature inversion problems where we just don't uh, the signal doesn't propagate as, as it normally would and you start sometimes picking up distant stations that you normally would not pick up that actually interfere with what you're trying to to pick up and there's um, more and more stations going on the air uh, all the time too as either low powered or translators as we're doing so once those start filling in uh, I know recently we had uh, station that was added in uh, in Ellettsville, which is also then starting to interfere with a Columbus station that I like to listen to. So it's uh, it uh, there's more more that the more there is out there, the the more likelihood we're going to have the, the interference problems too. You know, we talk about I, I hear the 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 word translator uh, used frequently around here, but I don't know what that means. Could you explain that? Yeah, uh, a translator is. Uh, what you might think as a, as, a, as a person that was a translator too, they're taking uh, one thing that they're hearing and turning it into something different. Uh, in a case with the translators, uh, we're the re, we're picking up the the one hundred three point seven signal, but then we're translating it into a different frequency. That's where you get all the uh, frequencies that we rattle off of 
uh, every, every so often with our ID. So it's taking the exact same 103.7 signal and then putting it out on a different frequency at also at a much reduced power. We have a, a limit of about a five-mile coverage area with translators as dictated by the FCC. I okay. see. So the uh, Columbus listener, it might not be so simple as to switch from 103.7 to the Columbus frequency. That might work. It might work? Uh-huh. It might work. Uh-huh. It won't work for the HD2 signal, uh-huh. though. Okay. Uh, for various legal and uh, technical reasons, we can't yet put a second signal into those communities. Okay. We have a phone call. Let's go to Paul next. Paul? Yeah. Hey, this is Paul Ash, and Nancy Kruger just contacted me recently to uh, thank me for being a donor for 25 years. Hey, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> well, you. I was surprised how the time does fly. Uh, I had a, I'm a big fan of public radio, and uh, for years I was switching back and forth between the FIU and WFYI until um, some Christian station down in Kentucky started to uh, blast their signal, and I, <clears throat> I can't get, you know, it's at the same frequency as FYI. So now what you guys have done is replace that for me. Uh, I am looking at a, uh, that's a sun conure in the background, sorry about that. Uh, I am looking at a brand new Sanjin HDT1X, which I strongly recommend. It's, uh, it's, it's great. I think they're all made in China, so there's that issue. Uh, you know, one can question the quality, but, uh, but I don't question this one. It's, it's very good. Um, and I got it from Universal Radio. Uh, out of Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So if anybody's wondering, you know, what's a unit that I can get that's, you know, home stereo quality, uh, you can just plug this in. It, you know, it doesn't have speakers. It, you know, it, it, it's a component. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just delighted with it. And um, that's pretty much all I had to say. And keep up the good work. All right, Paul. Thank Thanks you. a lot for the call. Along those same lines, we got an email that says, I've checked several stores in Bloomington and found only two that have HD radios. Target carries a Sony model for $180, and Best Buy has their Insignia brand for $155. Are HD radios obtainable at a lower price, and if so, where? Well, um, generally speaking, they're, they're often found online. And uh, WFIU, not FIU exactly, but we have uh, rebate forms. Mm -hmm. I think they're still good, but I'd have to go look. Um, I'm sure they have an expiration date, but I think they're still good. September 29. September 29. So those are good for $50. So if you were to purchase a $50 or $100 radio, then you could get that with the rebate form, which can also be found online, I think, for $50. Um, Prices seem to be coming down gradually over time. Which is often the case with new technology, mm-hmm. and um, we've found that uh, people are selling out. It's also the case, though, that a lot of people aren't really in the know in terms of walking to a store and saying, "Hey, do you have an HD radio?" You're very likely to get a blank stare, depending on who you're talking to. So, if you have any questions about us about it, one thing you can simply do is give us a call, and we can. Uh, recommend some tabletop models or some rack units as the, the gentleman who just called did. Um, yeah, I think uh, Radio Shack also is carrying them and some of our listeners have listened to that. Is it the Acurion? Radio the Shack Acurian, carries yeah. the Acurion. Like that, that's well. a popular one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, everything that's available is also on hdradio.com and you can get there too from our website from our also. Website, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And there are, there are rack units and there are also units that you can plug into your existing radio if you have like an auxiliary input into mm-hmm. it. So you can buy a unit that for relatively inexpensive that will plug into that. Okay. Yeah, our website has a lot of information about radios and uh, how you can purchase them, including online, which seems to be a popular way for, for people to go. So it's WFIU.org. Okay. Just two yeah. other follow-ups to that now just so I'm clear about it now. You buy an HD radio, and it, it, I think Carrie said it, it defaults to analog, right? So you can if still listen. If there's an analog signal, it's I mean, you default. Can, to. You, can, you can still listen to anything that you want to listen to, but it will also allow you to listen to That's right. HD. And if if a radio station is carrying a digital signal, then it will find that first. Okay. And so let's say you're listening to 103.7, our main channel, and you have an HD radio. You would be listening to a digital signal, which is – Typically, a little bit cleaner than the analog signal. Mm-hmm. Uh, only 
I think most audiophiles may or may not pick up on that, but it, it's a bit better. Um, if it doesn't find the digital signal, it'll default to the analog signal and you'll hear that. Now, here's where it gets a bit confusing is that now we've added a second HD signal, but that is a digital signal only so that if you happen to be driving outside of our range, it's pretty much all or nothing. You'll, you'll find it or not. Okay. It will simply go away and you'll hear nothing. Okay. Is, is HD uh, available in and for or for automobiles? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's why I do a lot of my others. Yeah. Yeah. Some more than others. Yeah, there's at least 14 models right now that are out there for add-on radios uh, after after uh, the factory aftermarket. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for. And as far as uh, tuners and uh, standalone tabletop radios, there's about 41 models available out there for that. Uh, and again, the dhcradio.com lists all those, and most of them uh, you find your best buys, I would say, uh, if you do look uh, um, on the internet for, for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Do you see this as something that will be offered as kind of standard equipment in automobiles in the future? Do you think this uh, technology is headed that direction? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think Ford is coming out with uh, factory radios uh, starting next year, and uh, Several of them are, are being are coming out that way. A lot of the bigger brand names, uh, um, the BMW, for instance, uh, have them. Uh, to remember, there's about four or five different manufacturers that are that are making those at that point. Uh, and then there's the the, the add-ons also. Uh, in the past, they've had to actually been buy your car, take it to the dealer, and then they could upgrade the radio at the dealer's location. Mm-hmm. But this. Starting next year, they'll actually start seeing them come out of the factory uh, line with the radios already in them. There's also uh, the FCC is looking to uh, possibility of requiring satellite radios like the Sirius XM merger of mm-hmm. maybe requiring them to also include HD radios with those receivers too, or at least letting manufacturers uh, be able to develop radios using the uh, the satellite radio and the HD technology all, all in one, one box. And uh, we're still looking and waiting, I think, a lot of people for the, the portable radio, mm-hmm. which uh, isn't quite there yet. The, the chipset that they're using now for, um, for the HD radios are pretty power-hungry. They, they run hot. They run a lot of power. Uh, end of this year, maybe by Christmas, uh, Sony's coming out with uh, – uh, a little portable receiver that they say is about the size of a um, cigarette pack, I guess. But um, this more of a prototype at this point. But they think by next year they'll actually send in – or Samsung, I think it's, Samsung is uh, coming up with a new chip that will draw less power. And uh, they think there will be at least one portable radio out on the market by Christmas maybe. But then by next year when the new chipset comes out, they may start getting into the portable and hopefully we'll get – small enough to get into cell phones and other things. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing to listen to you talk, John, because who knows what's going to be happening a year from now in terms That's of technology. Problem. That's that really our problem. That really is our problem. That's yeah. our dilemma. We're, we're standing yeah. in a crossroads, uh, you know, sort of a uh, in the middle of the street with 15 different avenues that we could be traveling as far as technology mm-hmm. is concerned, and it's anyone's guess what is really going to take off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know how you feel. <laughs> All right, our, our topic today is HD radio and HD radio technology. Um, the voice that you were just listening to is Christina Kuzmich, WFIU Station Manager. Chief Engineer John Shelton is here and Operations Director Carrie Boyce. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We have a couple of questions that came in um, prior to the show that are more programming questions, but I think we'll that's fair game today since we've got you in the studio. So here we go. We're captive. (laughs) This one says, this is for the station manager. You used to carry Adventures in Good Music. What happened to that program? Uh, Carl Haas passed away. And with him, the program also ended. Now, they did have, uh, I think, a bank of programs that they were still distributing to stations for quite a few years. And uh, by now, it's probably uh, down to very few. Mm -hmm. So at the time that Carl passed away, we went ahead and uh, ended the program. Okay. 
sorry to say it's no longer available. Okay. Here's another question that came in. It says, why is there so much coverage of the Republicans? There was almost no coverage of the Democrats. I'm going to make an assumption here, and that is that uh, the listener is probably thinking about our coverage of um, the conventions. And if that's the case, I can see where there would be a perception that perhaps there was more coverage of the Republicans than the Democrats, simply because the Republicans were in uh, St. Paul and the Democrats were in Denver. There's a one-hour difference. Um, For the Republicans, we started at 9 p.m., And uh, for the Democrats, we started at 10. So there was a one-hour difference. I I would imagine if that's what what that uh, listener is uh, referring to, that there would be a perception that we carried more hours of Republicans than Democrats. But it was was not our fault. It has to do with the time zones. I understand from our producer you were also criticized for covering the – Democrats more than the Republicans. So, so. We, we have covered each one of them more than the other. So I guess, <laughs> I guess we're kind of right in the middle. I did Hopefully. think – I thought on the, on the news programs on Morning Edition and All Things Considered, it seemed like there was just saturation coverage of the Democrats during their convention and saturation coverage of mm-hmm. the Republicans during their convention. And just – you know, it's just the timing of the thing. Yes, it was infuriating. There was so much saturation coverage <laughs> of the conventions that you almost didn't know what else was going there were, on there in the lots world. lots and lots of stories. <laughs> All right. We have a phone caller and it's Mike. Mike? Hi there. Hey. Hey, I wanted to thank you guys for uh, – uh, you're doing your HD show today and, and uh, I wanted to thank you for uh, – commenting that Radio Shack is carrying the HD radios, seeing as how we've uh, provided WFIU themselves with quite a few of them. And <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Product placement, I guess. But uh, on, the, on the subject of the Republican and the Na- Democratic National Conventions, I think you guys have been fair and unbiased on both sides. You guys have, have given us enough to digest along with our other inundation of information from the general media. I know that I uh, watch Morning Joe in the morning just mm-hmm. so that I can yell at the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, being a uh, true independent, you know, I, I don't ever vote straight party line, but I do vote my, my heart and my mind. And yes, I am a retired man from the military, but I'm believe that we need four years of change. We need to change everything that's going on right now in Washington. Get rid of all of the diehard uh, you know, politicians and put normal people back in place. <laughs> all right, Mike. Thanks. I appreciate the comments. Yeah, we appreciate the comments. Based on what I heard and your coverage of the Democrats and then the Republicans, everybody's talking about change, so we'll get change That's one right. Way or We've another. got change mm-hmm. on both sides. Right. Well, we're almost at halftime, and I want to ask you one question that, uh, Christina, you sent me. You were kind enough to send me some questions that you'd been getting, and there was one that I particularly liked, and I'm going to throw it at you right now. It says, <laughs> Dear Christina, why is WFIU investing in a second channel when all statistics show that radio is a dying technology? That was a very good question uh, because there's a kernel of truth in that, and uh, that is that terrestrial radio is an, uh, an old-fashioned technology. Uh, but the funny part is that most people are still listening to it. We're investing in all technologies. Uh, remember I mentioned something about standing on the corner and, and having all these different avenues to go into. Since we don't know what technology is going to take off, be it uh, um, internet radio, be it mobile radio, uh, podcasting. We don't know where we're heading in terms of where the listener is going to be. So we're investing in all technologies. The majority of our listeners are still on radio. Um, But we do know that younger listeners are moving towards different platforms. So we have to be on all platforms. And it seems then that we are sometimes investing in a technology that is a dead technology, but it's the technology that's being used right now. So we have to keep investing in it. You know, it's kind of like pulling a carpet from a rug from under all your furniture. Unless you have another rug to go under, you you really, you know, you, you've, you've got to keep it going. Yeah. So uh, uh, that's why we're investing uh, in radio and in new technologies as well. All right. It's time to take a short break. We're, we're talking about HD radio technology today with WFIU Station Manager Christina Kuzmich, Chief Engineer John Shelton, and Operations Director Carrie Boyce. Uh, you're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. If you're a person on the go, you can take WFIU programs with you. We're podcasting. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer. Listen anytime from your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Movie Play and Opera Reviews. You can find out how with a visit to our website at wfiu.org. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today we're talking about HD radio technology. WFIU station manager Christina Kuzmich is here with us today as are Chief Engineer John Shelton and Operations Director Carrie Boyce. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 or send your email to noon at indiana.edu. We've got several different things we want to talk about this second half. And uh, the first thing, I want to turn to Kerry and talk about, you know, how this is a major change. This is a major uh, operational mm-hmm. um, switch from what you've been doing. So how did you go about it? How long has this been in the works? Oh, gosh, John. <laughs> Three years? Uh, yeah, we're going back kind of in history, I guess. It's back in Really, spring of '05 is when we actually went on the air with our first digital. But uh, the FCC started actually approving it back in 2002, mm-hmm. so it's been going for a while. As as there also was around, I guess it was around 90, 1992 when uh, they started talking about uh, having some kind of a radio digital service. And uh, what developed at that time was a text-only system that is still in use right now. And a lot of stations are starting to switch to it now that that they have the means to actually put artist and title and show titles uh, out there. But it never did really catch on back in in 92. But they were saying, well, like television, the only way it was able to get on with digital and analog was they had to use a whole separate channel for it. Uh, they couldn't do that. And there wasn't spectrum available on radio to be able to, to double everybody's uh, uh, spectrum there. So... They came up with the idea of this uh, in-band on-channel, or as it's called, IBOC. We're on the same channel, same frequency that we're using now, the 103.7, but we just take that digital signal and straddle the analog with kind of saddlebags on both sides, and that's where the the uh, all the digital carriers are on each side. So that's where it all started, uh-huh. and at that time there's only one. You can only simulcast basically what you had on your analog signal, and then it was uh, NPR's uh, initiative that they decided to try this thing in 93 called Tomorrow Radio, and they got the idea, well, why not? Why use all the bits to uh, carry just the same thing you're already carrying on analog, only a little cleaner maybe? Um, Let's uh, see if we can divide it up and and use that data channel instead of sending out uh, album cover pictures or other text information, let's uh, divide it up and see if we can put another audio channel on there. So they started doing some testing at that time as a kind of a joint venture between NPR, Harris, and Kenwood, and they started doing these tests, and it all seemed to work out okay. So then they, it was in, uh, I guess in 03, they, somewhere around about the time. The FCC regulations were approved. They actually approved it to be illegal to do it without an experimental license. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what we had to wait for, actually, Mm -hmm. because we had heard about this technology for years, and uh, managers had been talking about the possibility of uh, splitting the signal and taking care of this problem that everyone had as far as programming was concerned, you know, not not enough of everything. Mm -hmm. And... uh, um, so uh, I think it was, what, two years ago that we actually started putting the schedule together, that uh, Carrie started experimenting with what kinds of programs we would be able to have on the second channel mm-hmm. and see how it would work. So. Um, I suppose our basic approach, after really a lot of discussion, really a lot of discussion, 
was to offer listeners – the final decision, I guess, was basically to offer listeners and members more choice in, in our programming and to address the two main complaints that we get, that we have too much talk and not enough music or that we have too much music and not enough talk. So with a with a 24-hour schedule, we were stuck. You know, we can't – couldn't satisfy both groups but now I think we've made major steps in that direction. So we took a kind of a flip-flop approach. So where there is news and information, you will hear music on the other channel. Generally speaking, it's a bit like a like a big jigsaw puzzle. You remember those little games where you move the numbers around with one blank square? Oh, yeah. And getting it all to fit may take quite a, quite a while longer than you initially anticipate. A lot of that had to do with when programs are actually available in terms of rights, permissions, things like that. So mm-hmm. if we were trying to fill a two-hour hole with music, maybe there was no particular music service that fit there easily. So we had to juggle a little bit. And there were still a couple of overlaps. So listeners might have an opportunity then if they if they are, say, of the – they want to hear music all day long, they could basically maybe toggle between mm-hmm. these two stations and, and get those needs fulfilled. Yes. For example, uh, I don't know if you remember back uh, – I guess it was in the, in the 70s when WFIU started taking Morning Edition. There were quite a few listeners who were qu- very upset because they wanted their classical music. They didn't want to listen to all the ills and all the problems of the world when they were waking up. They wanted to hear classical music. Music. So now they have this option that they can, you know, toggle to the other channel, and uh, there it is. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, for for many people, it, it it's a very good programming uh, option that they have. Um, but one of Kerry's uh, uh, considerations when he was picking the programs was to make sure that we picked programs that uh, we had a lot of requests for. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing on the second channel in terms of uh, talk programming is. Uh, uh, programs that are very uh, popular nationally, like Diane Rehm, uh, Talk of the Nation, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I thought it might be Noon Edition back-to-back, but I guess not. Actually, Mar- <laughs> Mary Catherine, you'll be very happy to know that we have a repeat of Noon Edition. Now, we didn't do it five days in a row, but but there is a it's repeat. It's Fridays at 7 o'clock. There you go. On HD2. So you're, you're right it, opposite Terry yeah, Gross on, on HD1. People can't call in. We should mention that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, might be we won't be here to answer. Sorry. That's right. So but can, can people listen to Terry Gross at this time on the other channel? Yes. Right? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so well, on HD1, which is, which is our channel, you know, uh-huh. our traditional channel, you hear Terry Gross. And uh, on HD2, you can hear Mary Catherine and Bob Salzberg. That's right. pretty stiff competition. Yeah. 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 For, for well, Terry. We yeah. knew yeah. you could do it. <laughs> and if you'd like more information, if people would like more information, they can call and get a get a complimentary program guide from the station, or you can just check online at wfiu.org to get a look at our schedule to see what's available. I have a caller waiting, but I do want to ask: uh, Did you consider just having one of the channels be all talk and the other channel be all music? We started with that because uh, we thought that would be so much easier for all of us. But uh, when you really look at the whole environment of this uh, uh, of this project, you're talking about only people that can hear WFIU on 103.7. Mm-hmm. So if you changed 103.7 traditional HD1 to all talk or all music, you're disenfranchising right. thousands of listeners right. who would then have to go out and buy a new radio. Mm-hmm. This way, you we kept... HD1 exactly the way it is, and then the option is on HD2. Now, it may be a convoluted way of programming, but that's the way that serves the listener the best. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. It, it may be that in the future, if this really takes off, that we will begin a migration. But I think a majority of our listeners would actually have to, to have this in their homes and cars first. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. We have a phone call, and it's Bob. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Um, this this relates to what you've just been talking about. Uh, um, <clears throat> if your second channel is going to be a pri- pri- primary talk channel, um, does this mean that your uh, that the old channel um, uh, will carry less less news? I've noticed that uh, some of the news broadcasts, for example, after uh, the hour, the five minute uh, newscast, sometimes you only have two two minutes, and then you cut in with other things. So I just wondered if you're going to be cutting back on the news um, on the um, regular channel. Uh, Bob, can you give us a, uh, an example? Well, just um, um, as I said, the five-minute news after the hour and parts of the day. 
uh, if that's been cut back. And I was just wondering in the future if you're going to cut back more on um, the regular news uh, in the evening at 5 o'clock and, uh, and also in the morning. You seem to indicate just now that you, you will be cutting back in the morning. They, all things can, can uh, sit it in the morning. Oh, I, I think I see what you're getting at. Um, th- currently, there are no plans to change the main channel programming at all, that it's going to stay. So we're not transitioning to HD with two separate channels at any in the foreseeable future. What we're doing is adding additional programming. Um, we do, in several hours, have a five-minute newscast that we take syndicated from NPR, and we also have local newscasts, and those actually tend to vary uh, just according to what our news department brings in. Not so much. It's not a, an intentional shortening at this point. No. Did, right. I, did I answer your question? Um, I guess. I'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well the, the short answer is I, I don't think you have anything to worry about yet. Uh, okay, because this is the, the, you know, the radio is where I get most of my uh, news, so... Um. I just was kind of con- con- concerned about well, in the foreseeable news. future. So. Yeah. Bob, Bob, I have very good news for you, and that is that uh, our news departments uh, have merged, both radio and television. So uh, we have additional staffs. So I have a feeling you're going to be hearing so much news, you, you won't know what to do with it. <laughs> well. So it, it's a good thing coming down the line. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks All for right. your call. Thanks a lot for the call. 855-0811-877-285-9348. And you can send your email to noon at indiana.edu. I always like to ask the money questions. So this, this sounds like kind of an expensive uh, undertaking. How does that fit into your whole funding process? Where's the money coming from? Uh, it is an expensive undertaking. Uh, it's around $150,000 so far. Uh, We were very careful to move into this because we wanted to make sure that we didn't jeopardize any of the funding that we have for our traditional HD1 channel. So we were very fortunate to have several people join us in the future fund, make a contribution towards this project. We got a a leading gift from Fred and Sandy Churchill, and uh, about 20 other people joined them, and they were the ones who funded this entire channel. Now, in addition, we were able to leverage those dollars and receive federal funding. So the wonderful thing about HD2 is that it didn't cost us hardly anything. Now, there was a third partner in this, and that is the national networks. NPR, American Public Media, Public Radio International were all very generous in how they allow us to use the programs. Right now, they are charging us a pittance to use these programs on the second channel because they realize, of course, that there's no audience there or there's very little audience. Mm -hmm. Of course, as the audience grows, undoubtedly, they'll be knocking on our door for for some fee increases. But right now, (laughs) they, they... they are committed to ensuring that the public radio programs are available to as many people as possible. So it's in their interest also to to help us out. Um, and this is a question that uh, people often ask me, you know, are any funds from what we're contributing to WFIU uh, being used for this channel? And at this point, we can say, no, this, this was all funded by these wonderful individuals who contributed to the Future Fund as well as, uh, uh, as, well as federal grants. Great. All right, we're going back to the phones, and Dennis. Dennis? Well, hello. I just had a few comments that I wanted to make about the whole concept of HD radio. I think for your station, it's very exciting uh, as far as being a listenability issue because I live in New Palestine on the far east side of Indianapolis, and the only way I really hear your station clearly at all, I drive for a living, is when I'm uh, heading towards Columbus, North Vernon, Jennings County, that whole area, and sometimes on the west side I can pick it up well. But in my own home, I can't do that. And when you're in rental property, the landlords don't want you banging around with nails and hammers on the roof or antennas. So it's really difficult to get it. So I have to confess I've never been compelled to subscribe. But uh, the whole thing of HD radio I've been following since I first noticed it. And it's going to be really exciting uh, for me as a listener and also for you guys, because then I'll subscribe and I can hear you more often. <laughs> a future fund rate. Fund, uh, absolutely, target, yes. absolutely. And the other thing is a personal thing to Christina. I've, I've listened to 
the programs that you've hosted, and it, it's a compelling accent, and I'm intensely curious to know where it's from, and, and I will take that answer off the air. And good job on the HD radio, folks. Thank you. Right. She doesn't think she has an accent. I don't think I have one, <laughs> absolutely. That's right. It's Ukrainian. It's Ukrainian, yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's a, here's another question that was asked to you, Christina, and I think it's a very valid one. And people, Some people might be wondering. Okay, so I'll buy this new radio. How do I know that next year I won't have to buy another piece of equipment to listen to WFIU? That is a really valid question, and uh, I see Kerry's jumping in to answer it, so I, I just might pass it on to him. But uh, yes, uh, radio is not going away. Um, it is slowly going away, uh, just as all things uh, transition into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it all depends on what kind of listener you are. If radio is where you're listening, radio is going to be here. It's, it's not going to go away in the next year. Uh, if you listen through other technologies, then yeah, you may have to change your technology almost every year. But you know, we have no control over that. It's it's also a matter of I think trying to reach the listeners where they are, and also we have to think about where the listeners are going to be. And it may be that HD radio is a transitory technology, but again, we're not sure. It's a very powerful technology and to us looked like one of the best bets. It also had other advantages in that unlike, unlike some of our digital competitors, it does not require a subscription fee and there are actually governmental negotiations now to require other – subscription units to require an HD component so that people can listen for free if they want to. Uh, and also I should mention, which relates to, to the former caller's question, he was talking about subscriptions. And um, again, HD radio, first of all, does not require a subscription. Now, in Bloomington, we are still the only station in Bloomington with HD capability. In Indianapolis, where the gentleman lives, I think there are closer to 30 stations that carry it. But, you know, he brings up an excellent point, and that is how difficult it is for all of us who are in the media today to predict where we are going to be tomorrow. It used to be back when when I started in radio in 1984, our biggest challenge was how to switch from LPs to CDs. And that was a four-year challenge, as I recall. Now our challenges are coming at us almost almost monthly. There's some new technology that we have to take a look at, learn, implement, and decide if we're going to invest in it. And then what's worse, decide if that's going to be the technology right. where everyone's going to be listening. Right. From Marconi to the 80s, there, were, there was almost no technology change. And then Absolutely. it's exponentially accelerated since then. Yeah. And this is a, a really broad sort of theoretical question, but how long do you think you'll call yourself a radio station? You know, there are people on our staff who who don't even call themselves radio broadcasters. They're media people. In fact, I think – who is it? Our, our uh, integrated uh, media director, his, uh, his sign-off sign off line is uh, – what, integrated media director? It's not yeah, WFIU <laughs> integrated media or something. Like. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a trend that we're seeing uh, in many cases, that people are becoming um, – that they're disseminators of media and not necessarily radio. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, so much of what we're doing today is content-driven, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's created for multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have several programs, for example, at WFIU that we create directly to podcast, and it bypasses radio because we realize that the audience for that particular program is not necessarily on radio. And uh, th- but Give they us are, an example of that. Uh, Kinsey Confidential is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a new program that we're doing uh, that's uh, on uh, Muslim culture mm-hmm. that is going to be podcast only. Um, Carrie, what else uh, do we have that's podcast only? Uh, for, oh, here's, here's a wonderful one that people will uh, associate with. Our Ether game that's been on WFOU mm-hmm. for, what, 30 years? Uh, there is a podcast version that is for podcast only. It never airs anywhere. Mm-hmm. but but you can download it. We have Harmonia. We even have this program on podcast, but some of the programs are podcast only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it goes back to Christina's discussion of transitioning from LPs to CDs. And uh, John and I have this handy little terabyte server that's still empty. 
and uh, which relates to somebody else's question about display information. Mm-hmm. So I, I get maybe two or three questions a week. Why don't you display artist and title? And it's because it's, it seems seems easy on the face of it because it's such an easy question to ask, but there are a number of technolo- technological questions to answer in between there and where we're going. So it seems easy to you. It seems like magic to me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it is magic in a way, yeah. 20th century, 21st century magic, I suppose. Yeah. But it, that too is probably coming in the foreseeable future, I think. 855-0811-877-285-9348 and noon at indiana.edu. We've got about 10 minutes left in the program. We're talking about uh, HD radio technology and, and basically where this whole media technology is going. How has subscription radio impacted um, your operation here, if at all? I, you know, I know I've, I just bought a new car recently and it came mm-hmm. um, with Sirius Radio and I know Sirius and XM, I, if they haven't already, are talking about merging and, and you know, perhaps that will make that whole movement stronger. But, but any concerns related to, to subscription radio from your standpoint? Um, we don't have hard data. We know that in radio and in public radio, there is a little bit of corrosion in audience in terms of where people people oh, moving okay. out All of right. public radio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it continues to be strong, and particularly in in the news programming, but people are migrating to other platforms, and one of those platforms undoubtedly is uh, satellite radio. Uh, but the funny part is that even if they migrate to satellite radio. Guess what's on satellite radio? NPR. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We, we made sure that uh, NPR was on satellite radio years ago when, mm-hmm. it, when the technology first came out because we realized that there would be a portion of audience that would be migrating there. So we're beginning to see a splintering in, in the audience, but it's very hard for us to be able to tell where they are going, which is why we need to be almost everywhere mm-hmm. where we anticipate the listener uh, to be eventually. And if if we get our way and uh, it looks like it's a good possibility, then satellite radio will again include an HD component. So if somebody happens to be driving through Bloomington listening to Sirius, then they would have WFIU as an option. So it's another question of being where the audience is. Yeah. John, what do you see? As, uh, is there a technology out there that we haven't even – touched on yet that where you think radio might be going? Well, there probably is. We just don't know about it yet. Uh, it, uh, things change so quickly. Uh, I mean, this has taken years to get to where we are now with the, with the digital radio and, and uh, uh, there's possibilities of adding more things to it. Uh, one, one option might be in the future when everybody has a digital radio that, uh, that we may even eventually get rid of the analog broadcast altogether. Um, at that point, then the digital uh, bandwidth opens up even more, and then you could put in several more channels, even as many as probably seven uh, broadcasts going on in, the, in a completely digital system. Um, but there's no mandate like there is for television to switch things over. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a completely volunteer to go digital in the first place. Uh, there's... Uh, a lot of stations that have chosen not to. A lot of them are commercial stations because it, they just don't have the, the money in the audience to go there. Only about 17% of the commercial stations have put HD on, where about 75% of the NPR stations have went digital. And a lot of that was because of uh, funding that was available through the CPB and all to, to help get that thing going. But it, it could be pretty wide open. They've talked about TiVo-type TV, uh, uh, radios where you could actually say, oh, I just want to record Morning Edition mm-hmm. at this time, but uh, I don't want to hear it until, I, until I'm on my drive, uh, which is out of range for the for radio station I want to listen to. So you might be able to, to do that. As Carrie mentioned, the artist and title information is becoming available uh, as a possibility now, too, that things are going more computers and music is more played back from uh, databases and hard drives and computer playbacks instead of spinning CDs that you got to look at the at the jacket and the jewel case to find out what it is you're playing. Uh, a lot of this uh, tagging information is going to, I think, get better and better all the time and, and cl- across platforms between uh, you know, the web and, and other places too. And they're even also talking about iTunes tagging too. So if you hear something on the radio that you've liked, 
it, it would actually give you a, a tag that you could go and, and then listen to or purchase the, that whatever it was that you didn't know what it was. So uh, there's a lot of that other data type information that could be could be coming across in the future too. We have a phone caller, so let's go to Alex. And Alex, we only have about three minutes. Oh, short time. Yep. Uh, greetings to Bob and Christina. Hello. Um, I want to say that uh, uh, I like the balance of, of the current programming, so I don't I don't have issues one way or the other. But and you've been talking about the benefits of the new programming, and when I first started to hear about this, I wondered how do you do this. Uh, because obviously if, if there were a new frequency, that has to be run through the FCC and I don't know how many other bodies. So could, would, is someone willing to tackle the physics of how you split it or how, how that's achieved? It may be a boring question, but, uh, you know, if you want to beg off, that's fine. We're begging off to John. All right, two minutes, John. All right, well, it's, uh, that was one of the problems that they ran into initially was that there was how do you do that and not use more channels. And, and what they did was they decided to put the digital carriers on each side of the main analog signal that's there now. They, on each side of it, they put about 70 kilohertz on each side and put 191 carriers in each one of those. So you've got you know, like a total of 382 carriers that are all doing the, the digital thing. Well, they ride on the outside of the analog where the uh, normal analog modulation doesn't actually normally go out that far at all. So we're using a little bit of extra of the uh, the channel bandwidth to, uh, to get it out there. Um, did that answer enough of the question, or was there another? Um, you answered it for me. It's magic. It's yeah. magic, yeah. Right. yeah. It's magic at my end. I got the update with all the graphs and the math, and I, I tell you, it gives me a headache to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's these two guys that are yeah. actually it's doing th- the magic. It's best to think of it as a big tent with two little tents on each side. <laughs> And uh, yeah. one one tent broadcasts HD two, and we have the possibility of a third, but no time no time must immediately. Yeah, it's, All right. it's kind of a multiplex thing where uh-huh. you just take the bits you got and divide them up, and however you want to. Okay, thirty seconds to go, Christina. Tell us a couple of programs that are on HD two that you did, we didn't have before. Uh, Talk of the Nation is a very popular program mm-hmm. that people love to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have the Diane Ream Show, which is a program many have asked for. Uh, our staples, Car Talk and This American Life, have a repeat on HD2. And uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is uh, also on uh, HD2. But, you know, Bob, if we have a few seconds, I've got to say something here because uh, this just must be said. If it wasn't for the fact that our listeners on HD1 and traditional radio have been so supportive of WFIU in the past 30 years, there is no way that we would have been able to venture into this, create the additional fund, and make this possible. So this is, this is truly a listener effort. Okay. Thank you, Christina Kuzmich. And thank you, John Shelton and Carrie Boyce, Mary Catherine Carmichael, Ariana Prothero, our producer, and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org.